Happy Easter. Thank you. It's a long time in coming, it feels, as we made our way through Lent. But now we sit stand at the tomb at the dawn of our celebration of the resurrection of Jesus and see that he is not there. He is risen, as he said. And we finally can say, Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. I remember as a kid that we would have O'Connor family reunions. And my great aunt, Sister Bonita, who was a Franciscan sister, organized it. When she said something, the proper response was, yes, sister, we shall do it, sister. And we did come to the reunion through her organization of it. But really, really, really deep down, we did as she asked because we loved her. The reunion involved socializing, stories, and lots of good food. It was good for our family because it kept us together. On this most sacred and holy of nights, our family of faith has gathered together around Jesus because we love him. We started outside around a fire as a way of keeping vigil in the night for the dawn of the resurrection on Easter Sunday. The fire and the tall candle the deacon Dennis carried so graciously into the church reminded us of the pillar of fire and the cloud that the Israelites followed in the desert once they were liberated from Egypt. They would follow it all the way through the Red Sea, which had been swept open by God through a mighty wind that blew like it did over the waters of creation. Once passing through the waters, safe on the other side, the mighty power of God caused the water to close in on the mighty army of the Egyptians, drowning the soldiers and defeating the wicked Pharaoh. God contended with them because only he could with great efficacy. The pillar that we follow tonight was Jesus, symbolized by this new paschal candle that was blessed and lit. His light doesn't come from a cloud, but from himself, because he is the light of the world. He dispels the darkness of the night, which we identify as sin and evil. He's the leader, the guide, and the course, the way by which we travel from this world unto the eternal happiness of heaven. To get there, we recognize ourselves as pilgrim people, sojourners in the world, who, like the Israelites, needed to pass through the water to safety on the other side. This time it isn't passing through the Red Sea, but the waters of baptism, which embody the sacred death of Jesus the Lamb, his victory over Satan and his minions. Each of us individually is covered and enveloped by this death of Jesus Christ to destroy the sin that alienated us from God and to rise out of the waters in the pattern of Jesus, 
rising from the dead. We die with Christ, as Paul said, and we rise with him. While the Israelites journeyed in the desert, they grumbled and they complained. Kind of sounds familiar because we do that too. They grumbled and they complained because they were thirsty and they needed food. And God heard their cries and gave them food and water in abundance. Below the surface of I'm thirsty and I'm hungry really was a thirst and hunger for God, which Jesus identified so precisely in the woman at the well. Remember the third Sunday of Lent? That she was thirsty, all right. She wasn't thirsty for water that came from the well, but she was thirsty for Christ and the living water that he would give to her. We also heard that Jesus was the one who fed people with loaves and fish. Isaiah pointed to all of this tonight when he spoke of a banquet. And also he spoke of the word of God being sent from heaven like rain and snow to water and to nourish the earth according to God's purpose. And it would be done as such. This all comes together in Jesus, who was the word of God. The scriptures, which inform and nourish the Christian life with Jesus, the word of life. The rich food and drink is Jesus, the bread of life. Eat my body and drink my blood, he says, and you shall have eternal life. The meal of which I now speak is the most holy Eucharist. The essential food for our sojourn from the other side of our baptism unto eternal life. The elect who are seated before us this evening are to be, and those who are to be received into the church will feast for the first time on this rich food and this bountiful drink. As we noted from the very dawn of creation, the wind blew over the waters. The wind caused the Red Sea to save the Israelites as it parted so they could walk through the waters. And the wind blew in Jerusalem before tongues as of fire alighted above the heads of the disciples. The wind is the Holy Spirit who present among us shall bring that first Pentecost into our midst to shower us with his graces, enable us to worship God, understand him, and understand what we hear about him and inspire our faith to give us the gifts that will enable us to live the Christian life and worship him as followers of Jesus. This Pentecost comes tonight through the sacrament of confirmation to tie us to Jesus in our faith in his resurrection and embolden us to witness to that faith in our pilgrimage through life. Come, Holy Spirit, and enkindle in our hearts the fire of your love. Send forth, O Lord, your spirit, and you shall renew the face of the earth, tonight, now, and forever. As a family of faith, we assemble around Jesus as we have recalled the great events and actions of God that comprise our faith. We long to be fed by the very flesh and blood of our Savior, and to have his life within us. We rely and depend upon the Holy Spirit to keep us united with Christ 
and enable us, our witness to him and to others, like those this evening, to faith in Christ and the waters of baptism, to live the life of Christ and hope in eternal life. This is our family, the church, our family of faith. On this holiest of nights, let the very life of God be given through the graces of the sacrament, especially to some who are in our midst right now.